This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll speak a little a lower tone so that only people want to hear. Um, we're, going, we're going to Lublin and we're going to go to Yachl at some point soon, after lunch, I assume. But um, I, I, so in Lublin, there was actually two areas to speak about. Lublin and Krakow were the seats of the ancient, of the old, um, of the old Gedoyle uh, Ador. Uh, and, we'll, and I think we'll speak about that tomorrow. Um, but Lublin was the place where you had Yeshiva's Chachme Lublin. And I wanted to speak a lot about that. Um, Lublin was also had a third element, at some point we'll speak about, another branch of Polish Hasidus. But let, I want to talk about Yachl now because it's part of that picture of an attempt to rejuvenate Yiddishkeit. Um, like we said before, Poland was disintegrating. And Hasidus had made a, 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 a foothold, but it was also beginning to evaporate. And we spoke about P.S. Setsna. We'll speak tomorrow about Soros Nira. And we'll speak about Meir Shapiro. Meir Shapiro was somebody endowed with a lot. He was brilliant, charismatic, visionary. He was wealthy, his in-laws were wealthy. And he was somebody that was able to, um, to build things and accomplish things. He had a bigger sense of things than, than um, you know, than the Rabbanim that was sort of stuck with a little, with a little, uh, you know, corner of, of their world. Um, Rameya Shapiro had two grand projects that got that that he got off the ground, and the grand project of Dafayomi everybody knows about. Yachel wasn't quite a success, but it was a success. He said the problem in Poland is there are no yeshivas in Poland. You had Chadorim, you had people learning here and there. Somebody was excessively brilliant and used to learn with somebody, and that was it. There was no such thing as a yeshiva. He saw the yeshivas in the Litvish world, and he, and he felt that this would make the difference, and this had to be done. He was a big, he had big musagim, and he said he's going to build the biggest, greatest yeshiva in Europe for Poland. And he's going to do it right. Now, what were some of the elements that he felt like Slabotka, that Yeshiva Bachrim were nebs? When Yeshiva Bachrim would go learn by somebody, they didn't have where to sleep. So a lot of storekeepers, they were scared of Ganovim coming at night. So they would lock in Yeshiva Bach at night to sleep there, and that would protect against Ganovim. And Amir Shapiro once said very wryly, blessed be the thieves in Poland. It is they are the greatest Mahsika Torah of Poland because they're the ones that, that construct the, the, the place for them. Yeah, very sharp sense of humor, Amir Shapiro, and very good turn of, of, of phrase. Um, they ate teg by Baal Batim with all of the, of the disdain that eating teg was. You came to people, they gave you less. And it was really very not Bukovic. And Poland Bechal didn't have a Masaurus of Yeshiva. So he was going to build the greatest, grandest yeshiva, spare no money. There was another problem. There was no Masaurus of how to learn 
So he went to every yeshiva, and which was in litter that belonged to Poland. We had said by the war, and Poland had swallowed up White Russia, a big part of White Russia, and, and some of litter proper. So all of those yeshivas, he came to the mayor to visit the yeshiva, he came to Baranovich, and he observed and, and, and took what he felt was important. He liked the Baranovich structure, seder, everything. My father-in-law told me an interesting vignette. He came to the mayor yeshiva, and he said a pulpal share. He was a vice pulpal share. And there was a group of Bachram standing around afterwards. He wanted a chap with them, so he said, let's see if a literature Bachar can understand a Polish pulpal. And he picked one Bachar who looked the weakest of the group. He, the guy looked like an assistant Balagola. That's what my Shver said. He was one of these people who, who kind of looked like, like he may be as good as, as a, uh, an, a, you know, kind of that. This guy happened to be an off-the-chart genius who looked like that. He, you know, that was, and he asked him, how would you, would you give him a pilpul? So the guy said, sure. He told him the pilpul with cashes on it. Was that, he told me that Mayor Shapiro's eyes popped out. He had never seen anything like it. And in his mind, this was the weakest bacha. That, you know, it was amazing. But at any rate, he went to all the yeshivas. He tried to get a Litvish or a yeshiva. It didn't work out. So he, um, he, 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 he collected money for seven years to build a building that was grander than anything ever built. It had six floors. It, it had a model of the Beis Hamikdash. The pro, it had a four-year program. Bachram would learn Kachim. I don't know why that was chosen. And they would, at the end, they would they would learn another two years and get smich if they wished. And this was it. He collected money for seven years. He really gave it all he had. And he became. And in 1930. The building was dedicated. Now, um, the building was state-of-the-art. Talmidim were, were given a, a um, they, they were given everything they needed. They were shtadi, they, they were spitzy, they walked around like they see silver canes, and, and it was like very, very chashev. If you made it to Lublin Yeshiva, you were it. That's what he wanted. Two, two stories, two, two um, stories about why that was so important. If this is reminiscent of Slavotka, it is. One is written a personal book. There's a, there's a fellow with name, named Benzian Gold. Benzian Gold was the rabbi of the hill of Harvard, and he was conservative, actually. He grew up in Poland, and he, and, he, and he wanted to learn in Lublin Yeshiva. He may or may not have learned. I don't remember. But I read his account. His, he told his father, I want to learn in Lublin Yeshiva. And his father said, no. And he said, why? He said, if you want to learn, there's a shtibel down the block where you can sit and learn. I'll tell you why you want to go to Lubin Yeshiva. Because you want to walk around with those fancy silver sticks twirling them like all the bachan, they're very shtadi, very spitzy, very this and that. He said, my father was right, but wrong. He said, that's how I want to go to Lubin. He's right. But he said, without that, I would never learn in the shtibel. I don't feel like garbage. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, like a homeless guy learning in the shtibel. He, he needed and wanted that spitziness. That's one story demonstrating it. A second story, when Reb Meir Shapiro dedicated the building, he invited, he made this huge um, event. And the foreign press was there. French newspapers, these newspapers, those newspapers. He really, he, he knew how to do PR. He was also very, very before his time. 
not like the mayor, but, but he, he knew how to do PR. And they were waiting for the, they were waiting for the um, Chotkeva Rebbe to come in and give the opening statements. Chotkeva Rebbe was a, one of the Regina, and he was the, the Nichbar, he was the Zakhan of that Bayer. And he wasn't coming. And they said he doesn't want to come. Like he was, he was there, but he wasn't. So they sent him in to ask him, you know, what's going on? The Chotkeva Rebbe says, I'm scared stiff. It says that the Luchas of Rishonos um, were given and they, and, they, and they were broken because they were given with a big taram, with kole kolos. It's an ayin hara. When you, have too, when you have too much of a taram, then it's an ayin hara, and I'm afraid to go in. So Meir Shapiro told him, Meir Shapiro was brilliant. He told him, let me turn, the, let me turn it around. Hashem knew this halacha. Hashem knows that if you give something a big taram, then, then it's in horror and, and, and something happened. Why did Hashem choose to give it with such a big tarab? I'll tell you the answer, he said. Because, I, I, let me tell you what happened now. I was walking out and I heard one newspaperman interview somebody and said, why the heck would somebody want to build a university to study some old nonsense from, from, from a few thousand years ago? He said, if this is the way people think you need to make a breakthrough with trumpets. You need to make a big event. He said, to bring Torah into the world, you need a big taram. You need a big, a big event. It has a price you pay for it, but it has to be done that way. And the, and, and the, and the Chodkevich said, you're right, and he went to give it. But his point was Badafka. He had a library of 20,000 Sfarim, and he was aiming to have 100,000. That was before Yitzhak Chachma. He, 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 his visions was grand. Everything about it had to be the best and the greatest, and it was wonderful. Um, it, he, he himself was Nifta in um, 1930, I'll tell you in a second, 1930, and, in, in a second, in 1930, what? 1933. He was Nifta three years later. He did, and and there was, unfortunately, no, there was nobody that, there was no dominant Rosh Hashiva figure. He did not have a figure that was a Chosh of a figure, Ke'erkoi. He had somebody that he took to be Magachir. This person was an interesting person, but very offbeat. He, he was in the Kabbalah, launched by the Estrus. It just, it, it was disastrous. And he, um, and for two or three years it went on, and they basically um, eased him out. There was a Hanhala. They actually, Yeshiva was, Yeshiva had a, a, a board of Rabbanim. It included the Bayana Rebbe was the Nasi, and they had, um, and, and Rabbi Blaeger was, was because he was Lublin and, 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 and so on. They had a board, Nachem Zemba was on it, and they brought in somebody very Hashiv. The Kaiserglover is from Rabbi Aritzvi Frommer, who was a brilliant man. Is he wrote Shail Shuvis Eretz Tzvi, and 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 Machshava, and he was the Rosh Hashiva. Told the Yeshiva was destroyed, not destroyed. Told it was told the Nazis came. Um, the, the Yeshiva itself lasted ten years. The um, he himself was a person with extraordinary talents and extraordinary person 
He, um, the f famous story, he, he, he got ill suddenly, basically, and as he was dying, he asked that they sing a nigan, that, that he should leave this world besimcha. He said he, has no, he had no children, and his two children he's leaving over for the world is Dafayomi and Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin. It, it never really got the traction it needed to become what he envisioned it. He had two very famous Talmidim that, that you know, he had a few famous Talmidim, but, but the two ones that are most world known is Abshmul Vazna, who was the Paisik of Nebrak for, 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 from, from the, after the war till he was left a few years ago. They had, that was one very world famous Talmud, and he made Yeshivas Chachme Lublin in Nebrak. Reb Hirschsprung, Reb Hirschsprung in um, Montreal was a world famous genius. Um, like one of his people with a photographic memory, he was a Talmud. There was another personality, not a from person in particular. He was somebody who wrote books about the war, and he would sign it A Katsetnik, which is survivor. He um, he was anonymous until at the Eichmann trial he testified. Extraordinary talented writer, even you know about the war, but but that was that was it. It's so, so, so Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin was a, a, an understanding, first of all, that Poland is lacking a Mesorus of Yeshivas. And without a Mesorus of Yeshivas. Now, one of the reasons it was lacking a Mesorus of Yeshivas, besides the fact that they didn't have any, was every Rebbe had Chassidim. He did not want his Chassidim to become somebody else's Chassidim. So if Ger makes a yeshiva and, and you're an Alexander Chassid, Alexander Chassid what? But let's say you're Pesetzna Chassid. You don't want your kid to go to Ger and become a Gera. The Pesetzna Rebbe doesn't want that to happen. So either you make your own yeshiva, like, like today in Yisrael, it's unthinkable that, that a, a boy of one Chassidus will go to another yeshiva's Chassidus. So Poland had many Chassidus, many courtyards, and if this yeshiva were to be affiliated with any Chassidus, anybody else would not go there. There was one reason. So, now, on the other hand, you can't have a Litvish yeshiva because nobody will go there either. You need to be able to have a gartel, a mikveh, daven and sing, sing on Shabbos, have a tish. But you can't become a Rebbe. Remeir Shapiro was a very wise person and he knew how to balance it. He really balanced it on the tip of his finger that the yeshiva itself was a um, chassidish, Polish, probably Polish. It had enough flavor in it that a chassidish felt at home, and yet very, very careful not to be affiliated with anybody. He himself was a chotkever, Regina chassid, and that's why the Bayana Rebbe became the, the, the nasi of it after he died. He was like the head of, the, of, of, the, of that holler. But he himself really, really, um, he had to be very, very careful. Another story about his pikchas, he was a really extraordinary pikeach. This I heard from the person who heard it directly, not from Meshav, but from the Panevich I heard this from somebody in Switzerland who hosts many gedolim, who used to come collect Switzerland, come collect Switzerland. He told me Panevich was once by him, and he told Panev, he made some remark to Panevich about what kind of gifted, how gifted Panevich is at making money. And the Prime Minister smiled and says, I don't hold a candle to Reb Meir Shapiro's ability. 
And I said, I'll tell you a story. He said, I was in America, Rabbi Chana Wasson was in America, and Rameya Shapiro. And Rameya Shapiro calls me up, and calls up Rabbi Chana, and says, I need you to come with me to a gvir to, 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 to collect. So they said, fine. They came, they came to somebody, clean-shaven, modern fellow. They sat around with him, chit-chatted for a few minutes, very nicely in here. And then the, the Ramesh Shapiro asked the Gvir to come with him to a room and, you know, privately. So they waited, the point of a driver at Belchanan, and he went with this Gvir to chit-chat a few minutes. He comes out a few minutes later, and they walk out in the cab. He shows them a check for $5,000. $5,000 in, in, in 1929, 30 was worth a lot, a lot of money. And they looked at him and they said, how? There was nothing. We chit-chatted, they walk into a room. What's, what, 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 what happened? He said, Rabbi Isai, you look at him and you see a modern American Jew. I see a Radzina Chassid. He was a Radzina Chassid, his family was. And I told him in the room, and I said, if you don't build a yeshiva in Poland, the only people we left will be those two Litvaks in that room. <laughs> and, and, and that was, and, and, the, and, 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 and I heard this from Beirut Rosenberg himself. He heard it from the Rav, from the Panajur Rav. But that was, that was, but that was his Chachma. He understood people. He understood how to, he's very famous for a, a um, for his famous word about, that he has a heta for Hall of Stam in America. And they said, what's the heta? He said, because the American Hazarium can't be milked for any, for any money in the world. <laughs> That's another famous line of his. Uh, he, he was very witty and very with it and, very, and, and, and a wonderful speaker. I, I mean, I think part of the reason the yeshiva, um, I think part of the problem of the yeshiva was it didn't start with a central Rosh Hashiva figure. In other words, a yeshiva like Baranovich had nothing to do with Baranovich. It was Rebbe Hanan. And, and people wanted to go to Rebbe Hanan, and this was a way. Kamenitz, it was about Rebbe Ber. So all the yeshivas that succeeded started with a Torah personality that, that he was the reason you came to learn there. And, and it, that, that was Litter. In Poland, there wasn't anything, I mean, all these people were Gaonim, but people weren't coming to learn his Darach Halimut, his Darach Halimut. He also formed the yeshiva to be kind of like a, a professional school. You have four years, another two years, and you learn this, and there's a board, and so on. It was lacking that type of, I don't know if Poland had the culture for that, but Akaponim, it was an extraordinary understanding of what Poland is missing. It was something where, um, his, his, his mysterious nefesh, he gave his life for it. I mean, he spent seven years, he hoped, at the Aguda Convention, he basically said, Rabbi Isai, I've given you a yeshiva, and now I would like Aguda to take over the achrayas of it. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> nobody, picked up the, nobody picked up on it. In other words, he remained and had to collect for it. He, when he, he, he had a lot of debt when he was nifta. They found a life insurance policy that was the beneficiary was the yeshiva and it, there was enough money in that policy to pay to pay up the yeshiva's debts and, and to keep it you know and, and to put it on good footing but that was basically so so yachel is an extraordinarily um, it's 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 again it's a it's a prescient 
view of what's missing, what was needed. Um, unfortunately, um, the, you know, it, it, it didn't have the chance to get off the ground. You know, he himself was lifted a few years later, and and uh, and then in you know 1940, you'll hear from Ellie about what they did to the building and how the building came back again and so on. But Al Capone, it's it, it's something, and I and I think just Ramir Shapiro as a person who understood where Haredi Jewry had to go, he understood the big world, understood how things had to work in the new age. I, I that's a, that's an extraordinary um, story of him. Okay. What? No children. He said two children he had, the Fayomi and the Yeshiva. Yeah. It's true. That's that's another. That's that is an issue. Like like in a Hasidic world, someone told me he was in in Karlin, and I think it was my brother. My brother, somebody. When the Kalina Rebbe was 17, 18 years old, there was a tish. And, and sitting on the tish was the Rosh Hashiva of Karlin, an old Rosh Hashiva named Rav Markowitz. Rav Tzvi Markowitz. He was a known for a mirror, a very famous mirror, one of the Chabura. And my brother over here took sit and talk to each other. Soon he says, Tell me, the one next to the Rebbe, that's the Markowitz fellow. In, in, in other words, the Rebbe is the Rebbe, and the Markowitz fellow is the Markowitz fellow. It, it, it is a problem. It, it did not. The Rosh Hashiva never had, and the Derech Halimut also was alien. So Yeshiva is a place where you learn. And there wasn't. Uh, what was the Derech I don't think so. They were testing Gemara. They were testing this. I don't, I don't think the word Derech Halimut had any meaning. And it was it used to it used to take in the children of Rebbe, even if they weren't. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. They, they, they could have passed the Bechinah. He said that they're going to be a Rebbe anyways. They may as well know how to learn now. So. <laughs> <laughs> He, um, I think he did it for diplomatic reasons. He, he, he was a diplomatic consummate. Like I said, he, if, if he wouldn't take the son of a rebbe, he wouldn't get any chesidim either. It didn't work. So uh, he's very astute. Someone, someone said that he that, that, that he said that, uh, that the Torah is giving the the rabbi is gonna so said that, that, he, that he died like a year or two later. That was the it was like Meister is on nefesh to. Could be. I don't know. The, he had a program. The yeshiva had a program. What they learned, he was a very into infrastructure. So he had, um, you know, everything was masudah. They even had, they found in archives now, beginners. Um, in other words, a bacher applied. Someone wrote this up recently. A bacher applied uh, um, to get in. They have all the information about him. What he did on the Bechina, like really, like today, he didn't get in, and it's on it, it says there's no room in Impossible to take another Bacha. And then they looked and they found the same Bacha's name at some point later in one of the death camps. Like, like you know, it, it, the, the person was very, he, he, like on a hunch, he went on Yad Vashem and found him died someplace else. Like, you know, I don't do it not being a Shiva, but you know.